0: Welcome to the well-being room. I'm your host, Leah Cooper from the Centre of Key. In this podcast, you'll hear stories of my own well-being journey, and you'll also be meeting some special people along the way who'll be sharing their stories too. As you listen, I hope you get inspired to improve your own well-being and get more out of life. Welcome to the well-being room. Today, I am deeply honored to have with me Sensei Ken McLean, who is the founder of the Shinsen Dojo located in Kensington in Sydney. His dojo is a training center for the development of mind, body and spirit. And here he teaches the Shinsen Arts of Aikido, key Energy Cultivation, Aiki Macrobiotics and Kishiatsu. He has spent over four decades training and researching these key based arts and has trained with leading instructors in Japan and Australia. As the most experienced macrobiotic counselor and Kishiatsu therapist in Australia, Ken has treated thousands of people and in doing so has helped them on the path to recovering their deep health. I had the privilege of starting with Sensei in the early 2000s, learning macrobiotic counseling and Kishiatsu and have felt the healing energy that Kishiatsu treatments bring. Ken is also the author. His book, Harmony is Success, which I have here, Explores the principles behind creating harmony with the four essential relationships in life, and we're going to hopefully touch on that in our conversation today. Like I said at the start, I'm deeply honoured that he is joining us in the well-being room today. Welcome, Sensei. Thank you very
1: much, Leia.
0: Now I thought we'd just dive straight in. I hope that's okay with you. I've got a on. few questions. I prefer to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, just like jumping in the ocean, eh? Mm. <laughs> So I'd like to start with this question. So as someone who is deeply connected to ki, right. what is ki and what compelled you to explore this path and make it your life's work?
1: Uh, yeah, ki. What is ki? Qi is a Japanese word similar to the Chinese word chi or in Indian prana, just to describe the life force that exists in all things. and. Uh, you know the moving energy of the universe, and uh, in Oriental medicine, we talk about moving the key through the meridians. And and uh, when our life force is strong, we have we experience it as health and vitality and joy. And when our life force key becomes stagnant, then we can you know develop illness or lower emotional health, and so on. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did I get interested in key? Uh, I guess it started with um, dropping out of school at 15 and living in a forest for three years and uh, up the north coast of New South Wales and looking into things like yoga and and natural diet, living in nature, and just one thing led to another, and I started to develop an interest in... uh, Things like Aikido, and uh, the, yeah, and the thing that most—the word Aikido means way of harmonizing key, so mm. a central character or a central tenant, and uh, yeah, so basically the the arts that you mentioned are all based on that principle of uh, harmonizing our key. In Aikido, it's done through movement and interaction with others, the key of others, and then key energy cultivation, uh, we do exercises to cultivate that key through meditation, breathing and movement. And uh, shiatsu is the art of getting someone else's key moving and circulating through the body. Just looking at pure on the key level, we could also look at it on a medical level and other, other ways. <clears throat> mm. And the macrobiotic understanding is understanding the food that is most imbued with life force, natural. And since nature is a great expression of in uh, the life force without inhibition. Um, yeah, so we look at lo- eating things in the most natural form to get the most benefit of that key energy. That's a brief, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, thank you for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I am intrigued about your story about living in the forest. Was that in like in a shack or with a group of people? How did that sort no, that of come about? In a
1: shack with a group of people? Basically, school wasn't working for me and inner city school and competitive sort of sport and stuff. So we uh, we dropped out for a while because we needed to have space from all of that to discover our self. Mm. Uh, I guess that's one of the key principles I believe that is one of the purposes of living is to discover our deepest, most authentic self and... Uh, and often we t- we need to take space from things to to get that whether it's in retreats or meditation or in nature and yeah it was with a group of friends yeah and uh and then eventually we discovered uh, macrobiotics while we were living in the uh, forest we used to go to the local rubbish tip foraging for wood and we found a book called Ural Sampaku
0: mm.
1: by Georgia Sauer and that sort of we were we were vegetarian but we shifted our our focus a little bit to that understanding of grains and yin and yang. And that made a pr- profound difference to us at that time because we're pretty living a pretty quiet, laid-back life. Mm-hmm. Suddenly we, uh, you know, things started to shift for us and we moved back to the city and went into a more full-time study of those things.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting. Wow, that was <clears been throat> quite an experience, I'm sure. Mm. Yeah, it was experience. wonderful, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you still in contact with some of those people that that you did little? That? Yeah.
1: Some. Sometimes I. One of them is. Uh, yeah. We all took different paths, and mm. and uh, it certainly got our energy moving in the direction that each individual wanted to pursue. One of them is uh, <clears throat> one of the pioneers of the natural foods movement in uh, Australia, who developed the company Pure Harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we had a reunion about, I think it must have been 10 years ago or something, eight years yeah. ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, well. wow.
1: Up in that place, so it was interesting.
0: Mm, I'm sure a lot of memories came up for you all.
1: <laughs> sure, it was fun.
0: Yeah, lovely. Thank you for sharing that. That's lovely. Yeah, um, yeah so you mentioned just before that Aikido is the way of harmonising with ki. Yeah. I think that's what you said. Um. Can be, the, so- can be-
1: Yes, it can be called that or it can be it's very, you know, with a lot of those words. I I Japanese words or Asian words, they have layered meanings. One another meaning is harmonizing with the spirit of the universe or, or the way of spiritual harmony. But mm. yeah, is one component of that word.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm curious about that that word Aiki. and Iike, yeah. Mm, I, I like how you, you know, the the harmonizing with the universe. It's kind mm. of a big concept. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's concept. it's
1: yeah. sometimes called the bodily realisation of oneness, you know, so it's like a practice to embody, yeah, that, that bigger principle.
0: Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, is there anything you want to share more about, I guess, Ikea because that's a big part of what you teach at the dojo. Yeah. Um, and yes. And that's a big part of your life. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess share a bit about you know, mm. why Aikido? Um, what mm. what are the benefits and I mean I mm. dabbled in Aikido for a very short period of time. I got I was mm. pregnant and mm. when I just started teaching, learning some doing your classes and I had mm. been doing yeah. shiatsu and other stuff with you. But um mm. but yeah so I stopped because I was pregnant and the rolling wasn't doing much That's good. Right. My balance. <laughs> but yeah, you I mean, got enough
1: inner it, rolling going on.
0: Yeah exactly. But um mm-hmm. I guess I'm curious about the way you teach Aikido, and mm. you know what it what it means to you and why it's so special.
1: Um. Well, I, when I was younger, I was into. Uh, yeah, I, I found that it has depths that keep you growing. So, the word Aiki, as as you may know, is the principle of the flow state. It's the principle of the flow state in action, or which is becoming a. <laughs> A way of saying it these days, or in the zone. So I think mm-hmm. the word Aiki, people fall into that when they're doing what they love and what they're good at. There's this sort of state of flow, and but um, I suppose Aikido is a way of training to. What interested me is to bring that out in all areas of life, so it's a normal, ordinary experience rather mm-hmm. than thing that we just stumble upon in moments of you know when everything comes together. So there's that bigger view. Um, yeah, and uh, and then also I was I was quite heavily into yoga when I was younger, and uh, and I see the value of yoga. Very, it's a very you know deep art, deep practice. And uh, what I interested me about Aikido was to take that into interaction. So I like the fact that Aikido is um, an interactive practice mm. and a metaphor for relationship. So that and that comes out in our practice in shinsen dojo is that that idea of uh, harmonizing and interacting with energy mm. <clears throat> expressed through through human beings so so one of the things i love is communication too because communication to me is one of the high it's the highest art of interaction but to do it on an energetic aikido um uh, <clears throat> we're doing it physically but uh yeah, it sort of overflows into other things that we do. Mm. See that uh, how to to blend and move with people. Yeah, so those internal principles that embody Aikido uh, create a shift in our being. You know, in terms of simple things like not being tight, tense, and not reacting to things, but staying calm and looking at the the positive in the interaction, even if it's an attacking energy. Mm. On its lowest level, Aikido can be seen as a martial art, but it's um, it's unique in that it's called a non-fighting martial art, the way of not fighting, but it doesn't mean the way of uh, not participating. Sure. So sometimes we all have to deal with fairly strong, reactive energy, which could be seen as an attack, but not to fight that and move with it, and then to create a different outcome where we, we talk about making creating win-win outcomes.
0: Mm.
1: however you know being a physical person too it's it's nice to get on the mat and explore that in dynamic fluid ways
0: Mm. yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. there's lots to unpack there
1: and and you know as you get older too you know you want to stay agile and Mm. and, you know so that aspect of aikido because it's based on not doing anything unreasonable listening to your body and not forcing or pushing, but at the same time there is a dynamic. You know, there's the roles that you mentioned and keeps mm-hmm. you agile and fluid. Yeah, so there's a lot. Yeah, I could say a lot more. But...
0: Yeah, I guess it's about, well, it's it's a, it's a key practice in that you're physically moving your body and moving your key as a result of that. Exactly. And you're interacting yeah. with other people's key. Yeah. Um, At the same time, and yeah, I guess exploring those boundaries and those interactions on different levels, like physical, emotional, spiritual, all that as well, and the communication piece that you share is something that I know you. When I was doing the macrobiotic counselling with you, that was something that came up quite Mm. often. Using those principles in the the counselling process in macrobiotics, yeah, was essential too. Exactly.
1: Mm. Yeah. 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 Yes. There's a lot of dimensions to a lot of aspects that meet
0: there. Yeah. So I'd like to ask you about the key, the four key principles that um, oh, okay. are a major yep. part of your teachings. And yeah. I was wondering if you could just quickly maybe describe or outline those key principles for our viewers, listeners, um, mm. and mm. maybe put them into some kind of context. You've touched on it, I guess, just through what you've just shared, but maybe go a little bit deeper on how that shows up. And how we can, you know.
1: Imp- yeah. Kind of uh, yeah, I'll talk them. about those. And if, if, you, yeah. if there's some aspect you could question me about to bring it out more, if I don't quite manage to. Yeah, it. absolutely. Um, yeah, the four key principles are just uh, what are they? They're principles to bring our mind and body and spirit into a harmony or unity. Mm. <clears throat> so we talk about the first one being uh, centering. And I mean, I see that word coming up a lot now. Sports commentators you think "he was centered" or "she was centered," um, and that center we talk about it in the hara, which is the lower abdominal region, and uh, which is a point of balance in our body and equilibrium. So uh, that's why when, when people are tense, they say you're ups, or when people are upset, they don't say you're downset, calm up.
0: Mm.
1: When you're coming from intuition. They say, calm down. You're upset. Your energy's too up. Calm down. And, uh, and so, that and when people talk about intuition, we talk about gut feeling. And there's a saying when ships come in over the calm sea. So, the first, one of the first principles is centering and mm-hmm. in touch with our inner calmness at that area. And eventually, it becomes, a, what would you say? It becomes a deep, Point of connection with our deeper self, a gateway to our deeper spirit, to bring it through our body. Because center isn't—it's not limited to that area. It's me bringing our whole to express with our whole being, but it it becomes a focus point initially. Mm. Related to that is the second principle, which is released, sometimes called relaxation. We're looking at this last night, actually, in the class, Um, Mm. but. There's a lot of um, how do you say conditioning around the word relax. So I don't like to use that word. Well, I still use it, but because people are conditioned to think of relax being relaxed as a flop, pleasant state, but floppy and weak. So when they mm. need energy, they'll often tense or use we'd say use strength. Um, well, which is just muscular and physical. we're, we want it, we're looking at this key approach to power <clears throat> and. Uh, To bring that out, we've got to open the body up. So we do. the second principle is called relax completely, which is a state of releasing all tension, but a a sense of expansion through the body. And a good metaphor for that is, uh, you know, when you feel the air up in a tyre, it has a fullness. If it's Mm. enough air, it's sort of placid and it's not functional. Mm -hmm. So when people think of relaxing, they think of that placid state and then they go to the other extreme, we call that yang, tension. But Mm -hmm. the middle place, this balanced place, And that's the fourth principle called extending key. You know, we often do that exercise called unbendable arm where we don't know if we can do it in this. Yeah. We relax and we're directing our energy at our fingers and, and, you know, we get someone to bend it and they can't bend it. And it surprises a lot of people because they don't feel the person uh, trying to bend their arm. There's this effortless power that all human beings possess but not necessarily exercise because they haven't, had a metaf- uh, hadn't had, had the experience of feeling it. Mm. Um. Yeah. So. And then, of course, there's the third one we talked about, which we haven't talked about, but we, uh, which is called weight underside, which is about grounding, letting and releasing down, and being connected to the earth. Mm. And uh, so the earth is our human being's strong point of strongest one of the strongest points of support. And be connected to the earth and when we connect to that earth we can let go of tension and we can let go of forcefulness and yet still be powerful uh is that is that enough? you want me to continue?
0: yeah <laughs> is it so coming funny. across or? okay it is yeah yeah i mean i think um i think yeah i think everyone could relate to that idea of centering yeah quite easily
1: and um, really they're um they're just like four wheels of a car if one's out you know the car doesn't go well i often talk about fingers pointing They're they're, they're they're pointing to a state of being. They help us get into this place in ourselves. Mm. They're not the end. They're just centering, and and so if you're not in the flow, they help you get in the flow. Mm. You reestablish that deep feeling. When you're, you don't have to think about it, but when it's a, it's about maintaining it. So some people uh, we talked earlier when people are doing what they're meant to do. Like I remember Michael Jackson. Or whatever you think of I him, mean, um, mm-hmm. yeah. When he was on stage, he, he felt who he was. In this mm-hmm. But then after the stage, he said, I, "I can't feel it anymore. You know, I don't know who I am." I mm-hmm. So there's there's this uh, practice and understanding of not just doing it in one what we're good at, what comes to us naturally, but also being able to bring that out in simple, ordinary situations in interactions.
0: Mm-hmm. So. How can people go about doing that then? Like, is there a particular practice or technique or is it just years and years yeah, of training?
1: All, well, these are all practices. No, you, you can start effective immediately. So these are all practices. Those key principles we've just mentioned and talked about are practices you can implement straight away anywhere and they're not restricted. So it's a, I guess um, it's about, I mean, when we work individually with people, we give them the key test. Mm. tests that we do when to feel when you're in your center, for example, just using one of them, when you're not in your center, mm. it becomes a more tangible experience because we're talking about subtlety too. We're talking about the subtle energy of mind and spirit, which can't be felt. Mm. So we need, and so once we start to feel what that state feels like, we can start to we have a reference point and then to act from that and practice anyway. You practice when you drive, when you talk, when you listen. Anywhere. um but there are of course there are exercises and, and, and training um yeah so so yeah so there's and there's practices like meditation and breathing exercise movements
0: yeah 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 I like I like how you you yeah, explain it is it's kind of a, it's being aware I guess of those feelings and sensations of what does centeredness feel like what does yeah. you know that yeah expanded yeah. and, and um, yeah. relaxed state feel like that yeah. and becoming more aware of of those feelings so that mm. we can tune mm. into them more easily.
1: Yeah, and then exercise them in interactions and, mm. and they uh, practice, a daily life practice too, which is, well, well, not everyone that does Aikido, there's many streams of Aikido
0: mm.
1: with the key principles and not all of them Look at it holistic. Some are just physical you know, trainers and martial art. But what interested me was how you can practice anywhere anytime. But so there's a certain level of that practice where you know life is the, actually life is the practice. That's yes. For everyone, really. We're all practicing. Even if we're not using these words, we're all practicing. Mm. Uh, for example, well, if I went into the four relationship, we say the first relationship is one, this was self. And uh self, but we to simplify, we say we have deep self or small self, you know, small self is so the or you can say ego, you know, our ego self and our spirit. You could use and but when they are unified, ego is not bad, only if it's not it makes many mistakes if the ego is not connected to the spirit. The spirit should guide the ego. Mm. A deep self should guide our smaller self. So sometimes we get into trouble when we, we just express from our smaller, superficial reactionary self. But centering is a way of helping those two join, you know, and then we act in a more fuller way, more effective way. I think the key thing too is being effective in what we do. Mm, no, that's true. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, I mentioned everyone's practising. For example, if someone's practising something on their self-esteem, which relates to our deeper self, they're naturally practising these things. Or someone might be practicing, uh, you know, meditation, which is a way of connecting to our deeper self. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lifetime practice. That's kind of why we're here, I guess, in a way, you know, learn along the way. We're not yeah. born. Enjoy,
1: play and learn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we are born with some inherent understanding of these principles. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Our conditioning over our, you know, childhood sort of either pulls us away from that or takes us in different directions. So it's about as we get yeah. older, reconnecting with that perhaps through these practices.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think, yeah, as human beings we're all similar, so we're all on a similar journey, but we're, we also have our unique way of expressing that, but mm. yeah, although we see that this is this deeper connection is the most important thing. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, um, yeah, you know, mm. it's eternal, if I may say so, and uh, we can go deeper and make it more enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you just touched on one of the four relationships in Mm. what you just said. So I was wondering if you could maybe just share a bit about what those four relationships are. Um, Mm. Go into quite detail in your book. So if if people listening or watching Mm. want to Mm. learn more, then they can obviously get a copy of your book and have a read. Um, Mm. or even if they're in Sydney, visit one of your classes and and learn more there. But, yeah, I'd be interested for you to share a bit about those four relationships and how they relate to the key principles and,
1: yeah, yeah, how we
0: can understand our key through those relationships.
1: Yeah, so we mentioned the first relationship with self because wherever we go, we'll still be there. Everything else comes and goes, you know, all relationships are not eternal, although... In other words you know as you know go through life we have the thing that so we have to be most comfortable with ourselves first and happy it. so that's called first relationship we related to key principle relates to centering and alignment there's various practices and challenges related to that which will go in, in the book I, you mentioned the second relationship is called the uh, oneness or harmony in relationship so um, it's about then the practice in the you know with humans with people and uh, and, uh, and then the third relationship is called place or nature. The bigger view is nature, but it's connecting to where we are. And the key principle is related is the connection of ground. Each relationship has different layers, you know. Mm. But with um, When we talk about harmony with relationship, it starts with the thing closest to us, partner, if we have, and then, you know, expands out from there. We have family, we have community. You know, it gets bigger and then we have all human beings, right? Mm. And even though we have people very close to us, intimate relationships, if we don't have a personal practice, it can it can be uh less smooth. You know, if we have for example, depend on them to be a certain way to make us happy, or if we uh get upset easily, or we have expectations. That's why the first Relationship centre is called having prior place of fulfilment in self. And in other words, first we have to acknowledge our prior place, not this person or this external situation needs to be something for us to be happy, regardless of what it is we are happy, regardless we're connected to this. So then we can manage the relationship in a lighter way because we're not leaning on it to be anything. Mm. That's very, that's the first thing, you know? and that's like an Aikido, right? The Aikido metaphor is when we're centered and when we're in that state, we can manage this attack energy coming towards us and return it to its center. Mm. Um, and then the third relationship is like connection to ground and place over time, we connect to, and you know, we talked about earth being a, a strong form of support, you know, and uh, and then the fourth relationship is called. Well, the bigger view is called oneness with the universe or harmony with the universe, but how that practically expresses is with our, through our work or our, uh, you know, harmony with our true expression. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so it's like a cross, you know, and, and we talk about getting the, the circle even. I, I work with, as you mentioned, we, I do a fair bit of counselling and, and kishihatsu work, and recently I've seen a couple of people who have had overworked. They're very successful, but they've completely drained themselves because they've given to one. If we break the four relationships relationships into a quadrant, they mm. give to one quadrant. Yeah, like a wheel that has a bubble in it. You know, uh, mm. empty in fullness in Oriental medicine. One gets full, one gets empty, and it's a bit like a bubble in the ball. And so their their life loses its uh, nourishing aspect because it's getting stuck. You know, and they become completely drained. So eventually we recognize this constant circulation of our energy evenly through all areas of our lives so that we don't get entangled or stopped in one. It's natural to enjoy different things, but life circulates, you know. That's a principle called chitin in Ike you know. Mm-hmm. like a clock doesn't get stuck in the set one second. It just has this flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another meaning that's quite popular today, talk about, how do you say, living in the present moment, living in the present moment And that's one of the things in the slow motion practice. I'm covering mm. a few subjects. Is that okay? Yeah, that's
0: fine. That's fine.
1: The slow motion practice, Shinki, the bigger view, there's practical simple views. We don't always have to talk about big view, but the universe has a motion. You know, there's the the rotation of the planets around its axis. There's the revolution around the sun and then there's our our solar system of a whole does that and then circulates. So there's this motion that constantly circulates. And one of the purposes of practice is to get into this circulating, meditative, present moment flow. But it can be, it doesn't have to be, uh, it can be a very simple and practical experience from, from our work and giving fully to it and then and then the, the energy change in our life relationship and then connecting to place and community and nature. And uh, particularly as one matures in life, gets older, then obviously you want to balance in your life. So then, the, so there's this thing about the four relationships creating. That's why we say harmony is success. In Aikido, we have this word kokyu. When all those four key principles are balanced, the body moves as one unit, and there's a there's this kind of fullness and thing that happens. Rather than if you just used uh, how would you put it, just one aspect of yourself, your strength, you know.
0: Mm
1: doesn't have the fullness behind it. So when we get this balance, there's this fullness in our, in what we do in every part of our life. So mm. word called kokyu But uh, I'm going to bring it down to more specific stuff, please. please yeah.
0: Um. No, I love that. Um, I love that way you've described it as, you know, it's this fullness of, of all areas of our life. It's not, you know. Yeah, but, and it's and, a
1: practice sometimes, you know, sometimes we all, lean out of our center and get caught but i guess with our practice we get more sensitive when we're doing that and return to an alignment and you know, mm. it's and uh yeah we start to manage our energy a bit more sensitively and more when we feel it out we can you know it's more quick to to adjust
0: yes mm. yeah yeah it's mm. that awareness of our key i guess like, like our energy yeah. like you said like when we here, yeah. that great, that great example of like reacting or stepping or leaning into something too much, too much, um, I and mean, then yeah. coming out of our center, and then having yeah. to recalibrate. Um, yeah. And if we don't recalibrate, then things sort of tend to domino, and and things, they do. You know, life becomes yeah, get, a mess.
1: We get, yeah, we get entangled. Um, there's an exercise I can't really show on the Zoom meeting, but the podcast, but. There's an exercise where we really in Aikido where we really affect someone's balance by leaning back with our key going forward. Because there's this thing about alignment. And When you lean into things, you actually get weak. Your your power diminishes the more you lean into it. You know when. So that's I often I've been calling it the carefree factor lately. Okay. A part of you that can be carefree in whatever you're doing. Not just even the smallest point. Smallest point is your center anyway. So. And then, or or if you can observe your emotion or feeling in in something, there's one part that can observe rather than be fully there. Then you can manage your key easier. Mm. Leaning back, bringing your alignment back, does not mean pulling key in or non-participation. It means you can participate from a deeper place, which is fuller. So it's the thing about Aikido, I guess, and this key stuff is that. What people like is you can be demonstrated; they can see it in a physical example. You know where mm. some, yeah. you know that you lean into a kind of a someone's grip; they're gripping you, they're stopping you, and you get weaker because the more you react and the more you strive, the more the resistance happens in the other person. But there's an mm. effortless thing where you lean back and you move, and they surprisingly, you can move a group of people mm. through a relaxed, you know, easy approach.
0: Mm. When you say lean can back, me, you, can I just interrupt? When you say lean back, you're not actually saying leaning back in the opposite direction, though. You're coming more leaning to center. Is that what you mean?
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'm just thinking. Like, usually, you just go to center, but in the yeah. exercise where you lean back, if I was if someone holds the wrist there and they stop me, and if I lean to raise it, they're trying to stop me raising the lid. But if I lean back and express forward, ah. mood, that's in a particular exercise. To get out to key, you know, to not, not to, to lean in. as it's more emphasising that point.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I mean, mm. I guess. Yeah. Could you give us an example? Say, like for someone in a work situation, for instance, say they're mm-hmm. you know getting drawn into something, and how how could they then use these key principles as a way of recentering and and not getting overwhelmed, perhaps, or um, drawn into something that they don't necessarily need to. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, well, I guess it's easy to describe specifics. However, um, um, if someone's too entangled in something, they probably need to um, take some time off. <laughs> <laughs> no, what That's I mean a, that. a good it idea. It doesn't, doesn't have to be days or weeks. <laughs> Mm. This means get into a carefree state. When ships come in over the carefree sea, uh, well, you know, without going into describing the practice practices that they need to do, you know, mm. and to re-enter with, uh, well, there are exercises, spiritual exercises, you know, there's the exercise of shooting the arrow, arrow of key, mm. you know, um, which is a way of le- releasing energy in our body tension in our body uh through through forgiveness through sending our energy into a situation in a different way um and uh yeah so there are there are exercises to release entanglement in our body and and to send our key into a situation mm. Can be done with words too. It can be, you know, just resetting and apologising or something, or or going up to someone and saying, "Look, I've I've been caught up, and I'm sorry I've said this and that." And uh, so there's practical things you can do. And that, uh, you know, I often I've mentioned that in the past. I've mentioned the woman who came to me for a shiatsu treatment and hadn't spoken to her. This is probably going a bit further than the work situation, but. Her father for four years. He was in England, and we said right. I said right. Let's we've got to send the Arav key. Let's sit down. We kneeled in the saza, which is a Japanese word for kneeling. We held the spiritual bow. We breathed into the center. Big breath. Center. Center. Recognizing is acknowledging the will. You know, a most effective will or universal will. If the universe. You know, creates. It, it thinks something. It happens. Mm. And aligning with that deepest self, you know, and then we uh, we breathe out, and we send the key to the uh, the arrow of key energy. Hits that person in the centre or the situation, and lifts it into the sphere of light. I'm not getting too spiritual, Emma?
0: No, this is good.
1: And then you release it like a bubble. Then you you know the old saying, let it be, let it let it be so inside. Is let it go. Turn. We're we're not doing it. We're not only doing it for the situation, person. We don't want to carry that. Tension, mm. it is in our body, because it stops us being in that deepest state of being we've been discussing.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, I did I got, did that with that lady, and uh, I didn't see her for a little while. And then when she said, Ah, oh, by the way, my uh, father rang me that night. He, she didn't ask him, and we. It was like the four years never happened. You know, like this original thing. So, yeah, our power, our power as human beings is can be immediate, and and. Uh, mm. Yeah. In terms of shifting a situation.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank. At least we respect, can shift yeah.
1: what's inside us, so it doesn't matter about. Yes. What,
0: yeah.
1: We can get to that non-disturbed, happy in in you know carefree joy inside. Mm, yeah. And
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Thank you. Mm. Thank you for that Done. example. Mm. Very nice illustration of that. Same <laughs>
1: too, I was talking to someone yesterday about this that they all, a friend didn't want to see them. That she's this is just a woman very entangled with. Well, a little bit. She's an over caring person. Very nice, wonderful person, very caring. And uh, she said, I should contact him, because he doesn't want to be seen, he doesn't want to see anyone. I I said, I quoted the Aikido saying, When people come to us, we welcome them warmly. When they pull about pull back, send them out. Don't chase. Mm. You need that time, and that's the more attractive force. The person will come back quicker there mm. yeah, you know it's a warning to pull back
0: mm. yeah interesting mm.
1: thank
0: you um, I do want to touch on something else that I know you practice and that is your practices in the ocean and water
1: um, All right. they're very popular bucket. now aren't they have you seen our popular cold water is
0: now? oh yeah yeah absolutely I, I was I,
1: I, right where where we are
0: yeah, yeah, I've done a few myself and I do cold showers every morning anyway. Mm, um yeah. but yeah, I know you spend a lot of time in the ocean by the water so mm. as a surfer yourself and I'm just wondering um what is it about water for you mm. that you mm. that you find beneficial and how do the practices that you do like things like misogi and and people probably listening may not know what misogi is so maybe you might want to wow. mention what that is too mm. but How do those practices around water Mm. in water affect our key?
1: Okay, yeah. I was, um, well, yeah, well, my, where I live in Bronte Beach, Sydney, and I've been, you know, I wrote that book for relationships, but it's really a practice that I'm, my practice really. And uh, as I get, as I'm getting older and it's becoming more, how do you say, more consistent in that. So I try and spend an hour or two at Bronte Beach every day, mm. in personal practice, not to fill up the schedule completely, you know. And and it's my practice of connecting to. I said the third relationship and the four relationships was harmonizing with place. First mm. place, our first relationship with uh, is ground where we're standing. You know, there's an old affirmation: "Heaven is where I'm standing." So the first one is ground, but then and then there's place like home. You know, this is the third relationship. And then there's, it flows into community, nature. Chizen is the Japanese word, great nature, deep nature. So my practice is to spend every day doing that. And I may surf or if there's no, if the surf, if I'm not feeling like surfing, you know, I'm around the beach and we have this, you know, have you been to Bronny? You've been to Bronny and there's all these little huts, have you seen, where people can do picnics and things?
0: Oh, God, I haven't been there you know, for years. So yeah, there's a
1: community hut where everyone turns up, and we're all got different views. There's scientists, mathematicians, and garbage guys, and me, and and there's an interesting spirit of discussion. So that's another part. So it's nice to connect to that community. And yeah, going into the part of everyone's practice is water going in the water and the surf. And uh, but the masogi thing was developed quite a long time ago about when well, my father introduced me to cold showers, but then uh, as you know, over the years I've led many people to meditate in cold pools in Blue Mountains to meditate and uh, also under waterfalls. And so it's interesting for me now to see how popular it's becoming because it hasn't been popular for a long time. Mm.
0: That
1: guy, what's his name? Wim, Wim Hof?
0: Wim Hof, yes. Yeah, his method has
1: become popular. So we have been doing it for over 40 years and uh, the benefits uh, I mean, obviously, cold water does is constricts all the blood vessels in it, so it's a very yangizing. We talk about yangizing. We have this word "musubi," which is gather in, Aikido, macrobiotics, gathering, centering, where you feel more connected, and also the training of your mind to, to sit in cold water. You've got to extend your key. We talked, you know, you've got to extend key to get in there first. Mm. You calm yourself, otherwise you go like this. So. Uh, it's often been used as a practice for that type of stuff. Um, there's also the medical energetic side. You know, I remember uh, there's this fine capillaries that don't really <clears throat> open up unless the the cold. When the cold, when you go in cold water, the the normal capillaries restrict, and these other tinier, finer ones. I think the word is globus. They exercise, they open and circulate. And the the finer we go in the bloodstream, we're getting closer to the nervous system. And so there's this deeper effect on our nervous system. I know in Buddhist yoga back in the day, they used to use it to develop their psychic ability, right, because it's exercising of the nervous system. Um, Yeah, I'm not going up the mountains as much as I used to, but uh, go in the ocean in Bronte. Uh, although, you know, I don't, as I get, as I'm evolving my own practice, I don't, you know, at certain ages, I think uh, it's a good practice, but I don't think anyone should, I don't, I do extreme practice too much. I -hmm. like my practice. Having said that, you know, because as people get older, older people, like towards 70 and that, too much cold can, you know, chill the kidneys, so you want to nourish your kidney energy. Mm. But, but yeah there are certain benefits
0: yeah that's interesting i mean i noticed i used to swim a lot when i was younger like right. teens 20s mm. just at the local pool in manly
1: mm. and
0: um yeah i found going swimming now in my 40s like i don't i feel the cold a lot more strongly i think yes. Um, yeah. than I did when I was younger. So I actually don't swim outdoors as much. Anymore. I would love going to the beach and going swimming in the yeah. ocean, but I started yeah. swimming laps regularly. And yeah. I don't like indoor heated pools, so I just don't go there because the key there is terrible. Yeah,
1: <laughs> chlorinated water. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, yeah. I think yeah, as I get older too and more, uh, I don't think extreme. It's not that necessary to do, I think. i mm. popular now and I've done it. Still do it. But yeah. I think... Uh, it's not that necessary, you know, extreme practice.
0: More. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah. we've talked about a lot and yeah. there's a lot of really great information there for people. I just was wondering if there's anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers before we wrap up today's discussion?
1: Uh, not in particular unless you have a question. I was just been enjoyable to talk to you and um yeah Uh, Uh, good to see you doing the podcast and
0: thank you yeah i mean i think i'll just share quickly i mean i I really just want to express gratitude to you as a teacher of these arts i find that Mm. um having trained with you for for a number of years back in sydney really Mm. helped me discover what's what's important in my life and and um you know, on your website you have written here, I've just got the notes here, it says that, you know, that all Aiki trainings at Shinsen have the effect of creating momentum and bringing out one's deepest desire and passion, the work that one really wants to do is meant to do and to make that a living reality. And I feel like, um, you know, it's it's been a few years since I, I trained with you, but I think mm. that really helped me develop that deeper connection to myself and has mm. helped me on this trajectory of where I am mm. now. You know, doing what I'm loving doing, and I feel mm. that that mm. yeah, that's yeah, it's a wonderful um, mm. thing to have to have. You know, to be able to express mm. myself fully, Great. more fully yeah. than I have in the past, and yeah, find yes. my my path. So, thank you for your your guidance mm. and your wisdom on that journey. Oh, my
1: pleasure. It's good to see you expressing that who you are fully. Mm. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Sensei. All right. Well, I will put some information in the show notes um, of this podcast and on YouTube for how to get in touch with Sensei, how to um, find his Mm. book, and perhaps go to one of his classes in Sydney if you're a local or Mm. visiting um, Mm, Sydney. So yeah, yeah, the dojo is an amazing space. It doesn't look like much from the outside, but it's kind of you walk in and you're almost transformed into a a mm. lovely big open space with tatami mats and mm. wall hangings, and yeah, there's a certain energy about the dojo that mm. Mm. you can't help but notice when you walk in the mm. door. So yeah, a beautiful mm. place to practice.
1: Mm. Mm. Thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Sensei, thank you so much for joining us in the well-being room. Well, thank you.
1: It's been my pleasure, and thank you for having me.
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of The Wellbeing Room. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sensei Ken McLean of the Shinsen Dojo in Sydney. If you're interested in learning more about what Ken does or visiting the dojo and attending a class, please check out the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for tuning in. If you think someone you know would be interested in listening to this podcast, please consider sharing it with them. Until next time, stay well.